0: This is the Child Discipleship the Podcast powered by Awana. I'm Ross, you know who you are. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Uh, today, the guest is Tony Souter. Tony, welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you for doing this.
1: Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Ross. Thank you for inviting me on.
0: So, Tony, I am really glad you're here because you have a ministry that I think is pretty unique in not only the scope but how it is filling such a important need for today's church. Can you let folks know a little bit about not only the Pray For Me campaign, but your ministry more broadly?
1: How does it work? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pray For Me is our, response to the exodus of young people leaving the church. Um, obviously, there's lots of documentation on what's happening there. And um, But uh, one of the things that was we were struck by well, was that the research shows not only that there's a lot of young people leaving, but those that end up staying tend to be marked by having multiple adult believers investing in their lives. And, and so we started asking ourselves, if that's the question, if that's the reality, how how can we get more adults connect with more young people more naturally than ever before? Now, we are not the first people to ask that question. We realize that, um, but we've dug into that question in a number of months, and as a result of the digging in. Um, the Pray For Me campaign came to the forefront. Now, it's, it was nothing as simple. It was not nearly as simple as I just said. <laughs> it, it, was, it was very difficult over those months trying to figure that out, figure out all the different barriers that are keeping adults from connecting with young people um, and young people responding appropriately and so forth. and so. But um, But as we dug into that, what we realized is that adults care about young people. They just don't know how to get there. Um, and young people love to be cared for by adults, but they just don't know how to get there and so the while well, we the pray for me campaign is a simple way of bridging the gap between those those generations and so the kind of the way it works is that young people um, of all ages um, are connected with adults from of all ages and invited them to pray for them for a year and each year those young people get New prayer champions, we call them prayer champions, people that are not because of the best prayers around, but but they're willing to champion the cause of a young person before the throne of grace. And Mm so what we realize is that uh, by starting with prayer, it makes it accessible to any adult in the church. And the adults that would have never signed up for the the lock in or any kind of uh uh grievous thing like that um <laughs> they will sign up for prayer yeah they will they will say, "Hey, yeah, I can pray for a young person and but we also knew that that adults um a lot of times will we as adults will say we'll pray, but then many times we don't um or it's uh, oh yeah, I meant to pray for that. Let me let me offer up a quick prayer, and and that's not what we intended to do at the beginning when we told that person whoever it was that we would pray for them, and so that's why I ended up writing a prayer guide that helps the adults pray scripture for the young person through seven essential categories and so the the categories come from Luke 252 Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man now the two essentials there are wisdom and favor stature is not an essential everybody grows in stature except for me so that's not that's not an essential um but then the other the other five essentials come from first Timothy four twelve don't let anybody look down on your youth, but in your speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity set an example for all the believers so so we've kind of used those as a lens by which we help found found passages that that correlate with each one of those categories and then turn those passages into prayers that really just helping the adults pray scripture and get in that rhythm whether the young person ever gives them a uh, more in-depth prayer request or not they they can pray about really character forming um issues for that young person so uh we started in 2014 with um eight test churches trying to say hey um will this work and there was about a 1, 1100 adults that said they would be willing to pray for a young person in those eight test churches from different denominations and Now, there's over 700 churches in 43 states and and a few foreign countries that that have implemented the Pray For Me campaign to make sure that their young people have these intergenerational relationships, beginning with prayer. Yeah. It's really beautiful. I would
0: encourage people to check out the show notes wherever you're listening. And in my overzealousness to get started kind of picking apart um, how this came to be and the benefits of it, I missed the opportunity to lean into what you just ended with, which is this is a model that you guys have tried and you're seeing and have seen the fruit of it. You know, you are the CEO of 100 years and the pray for me campaign is a part of that ministry, but you've been doing this for 25 years plus and have seen this play out in a variety of contexts. And one of the things that I'm most curious about is what some of that pushback looks like because naively I hear what you guys do and I'm like, That sounds like a brilliant idea. Sign me up like intergenerational prayer for my kids. Like, yes, please. Right. But I know that people are going to make excuses. People are going to say, yeah, I don't know if that's the right fit for my church. I know I would do that if I was meeting um, your ministry in a different context. What are some of the roadblocks that you guys have had to navigate to be successful?
1: Yeah, well, you know one of the things is that most churches um I mean we're always re- uh engaging with the gatekeepers. And gatekeeper mm-hmm. could be a the youth pastor, the children's pastor, the pastor. <laughs> they the, yeah. they're the gatekeepers and and so if if they're if the if the pain points that they're wrestling with are different than creating a long-term view of how to how to give resiliency to these young people, um, and they're just thinking about how do I how do I solve this coming up weekend? Um, then usually this doesn't get on their their radar, and it feels like just another thing that okay how do I put this into an already packed schedule? And so um, usually the way that we try to address that is that we are looking at trying to create a long-term vision and we're trying to really start upstream. We want to start upstream and create something so that the young people that they're serving today um, can become deacons, elders, and pastors and ministry leaders down the road when they're 40 and 45. Um, And so, but if they're not staying connected to the church and flourishing in their faith, they're not going to be that. And so um, as so, so some of that is we, we try to cast a vision for that ministry leader to identify somebody else that, that one prayer resonates with that person and, and care for the next generation resonates with that person. And so we're trying to help them to find somebody that would, would champion this in their, in their setting. So it's not another thing that they have to do. Um, although, um, most churches, as you well know, Ross, is that most churches are staff driven right. and the people that, the people that are making it happen are the people that are paid to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, if we can figure out, so we're all constantly trying to figure out how do we, um, help the paid leadership, help the the people that care about their, their kids. Um, yeah. I, I can, I have not met a parent that, that, That loves their loves Christ, loves their children, that would not want a whole host of adults to be praying for their kids that they would flourish in faith and life. Um, I've not met them, so usually we have to cast that vision to for the ministry leader to think about what parent can I involve in this because they're motivated. They they may have some bandwidth to be able to pull it off, and be and we've we've made it pretty seamless to be able to pull it off. Um, but that's, you're usually trying to get past, um, the, the onslaught of busyness that most ministry leaders face.
0: Yeah. I point people to your website because I think it's so helpful in unpacking how this can practically play out in your context. And people who are listening to this, who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, I hope you're hearing the way that you guys are talking about the challenges young people are facing and the solutions that this pray for me campaign, particularly are helping bring to light and how much that lines up with what we talk about on this podcast every week. We, you know, we use the language of loving, caring adult, right? We talk, we know, we see, we ask those same kind of questions we saw the same kind of results that just having one adult invested in the life of a kid makes the world a difference. And what you're being able to do through providing some really practical, almost definitions of what it means to be invested in the life of a child. You're providing an opportunity for any adult to go, yes, this is something I can do. And I love that. I love knowing that this is something that anybody who's listening feels like they can step into right away, or to your point, help find someone in their church who could help make this a reality in their community. But something that strikes me as really important about this is you have this tagline on your website that I've been thinking about forever or since we were preparing for this conversation, which is our generation for the next. And I think we talk about this on the podcast all the time, which is the reality that I grew up in, the reality that you grew up in is a very different reality than today's kids are growing up in. And therefore, the the needs that these kids have, the prayer needs that these kids have are very different. But I'm curious how you would articulate that. What are some of the ways in which you feel like the commonalities, like what essentially you needed prayer for and what today's kids need prayer for? But what are some of the forces where kids need prayer for things that weren't even on the radar when you were growing up or becoming a Christian?
1: The amount of disequilibrium that's at every turn for the young person that pulls up their phone and gets any kind of feed. It doesn't matter what kind of feed it is that feed on their phone is going to create angst um, and stir up with them. And if they don't have the relational resources that they need um, to be stabilized, then that angst that they see on their, their Facebook uh, Instagram feed or whatever feed that they're looking at, Twitter feed or whatever, um, what happens is that they get overwhelmed. I mean, you, the, I mean, it has become apparent across the board in in our country how anxiety has spiked mm-hmm. among young people and um that's something i i didn't i did not walk around with anxiety when i mean i was probably anxious about because i was doing some things that i shouldn't do and i was wondering if i was going to get <laughs> caught by my parents but but nothing nothing light years from from and that just that one piece is so challenging and it's and the other piece is that when when i mean i I came to faith in a smaller church um and so the people there they it was it was easier to get to know the people in the church um and they were when they were praying for me it was they could introduce themselves to me and so forth but But I tell people all the time today um, when you and I walk through the church, we're walking through a sea of adults, primarily a sea of people, primarily adults, that we know that if something goes south in our lives, that these people are for us Mm. now. The young people that, that are growing up, our children, and the young people that are parts of our church, they're walking through that same sea of adults, and they don't have any clue that these people are for them um, unless we do something different, unless we do something different that allows them to build a relationship with those adults. Because the adults, and this is, this is a clear illusion the adults look at the young people and they're seeing them grow up and they feel like they know them and they cuz they know their parents and they they talk to their parents about the kids but the, but the kids have no clue who these adults are yeah. And and so we have to change that because what's happening is young people will come through and they've got all these pressures, the anxiety and the the challenges that they're facing because of today's culture. And they get to they age out of youth ministry, children's ministry, even if they're in a good youth children's ministry, a good youth ministry, and then they age out, they look at the church and they say, Well, I don't really know the adults in the church. And it feels like an institution more than what it really is, the family of God. Yeah. And so what, what the pray for me campaign is trying to do at one of the levels, I mean, there's layers of things we're trying to do, but one of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to transform a young person's experience with the body of Christ. So it feels like the family of God, which it really is rather than just this institution. It's because it's easy to walk away from an institution. It's hard to walk away from a family. And so if, and and these young people with all the anxiety that they're feeling need to feel safe and in the place. I mean, I think that's one of the things the body of Christ has that can that they can provide young people that nowhere else in society can provide it. If we're doing what we need to be doing and not just going through. I mean, it's 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 kind of like going through the motions. We We come to church and we split up and we come back and we leave and. And, but there's not this relational piece, which God always intended the whole one another thing that is all throughout the new Testament is what we're trying to create.
0: Yeah. And I think you, I mean, everything that I've seen, you guys do a really good job at it. And I love, I love the agency that you give young people in doing that. Your ministry talks about how the church has created silos for itself around ages And in creating those silos, one of the things we also do is if I am discipling an eight-year-old in a children's ministry context, and that eight-year-old becomes a believer, biblically, they are now my brother or sister in Christ. They are not exposed to some junior version of Holy Spirit. That is a heretical notion of the Bible, yet it plays out every day in churches across America. And by making sure that that child or youth feels like they belong feels like they know um that I love that language that 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 the adults there are for them it creates that bond it's exactly what you're saying it's also pretty countercultural you know you're asking people to pray for a year but I would imagine that when you get somebody to do something for a year it will often extend quite beyond a year. Um in a moment where I open up my phone and I see something and it has to be there instantly. Otherwise, I don't care about it. And today's kids, part of, ironically, what fuels that anxiety is this instant gratification culture. Why is it so important to get adults and those who are invested in this campaign to surround kids for a year? What is the difference between the length of time of your ministry and the culture that kids are swimming in today? Um, how How does that tension play out? Because I think there's a lot of, a lot that people can learn um, by just investing in kids for the length of the time like you guys do.
1: Well, I think that you know, we've all experienced this. I hope we have. I mean, let me say this. I hope that we've experienced this. The very thing that you, part of the, the three-pronged thing that Iwana has talked about in child discipleship, belong, believe, and become. I mean, what we're talking about is we're using the Pray For Me campaign as a key way of creating the I mean, we're helping that young person to sense that they are really a part of the, the the church, not the institution, but church, the family, and that these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. These are the people that that are on my team, and they're for me, and they care about me. Um, but but there there is something uh, powerful about two several things. One is that uh, relationships are. A gift from God, God creates relationship, and He wants us to live in a relationship, but I believe that and and I see it happen all the time that God uses prayer to to knit people's hearts together in ways that are hard to get at otherwise so um I mean, we see adults that, who don 't know a young person, and then they they've been connected through the pray for me campaign, they start praying for that young person and their hearts just get large for this young person. Cause they're praying about really, really important. They're praying God's favor over their lives, God's wisdom, love, faith, purity, and that, that, that love, faith, purity and wisdom and favor plays out in their speech and conduct, um, p- playing through, praying through the, the prayer guides. Um, and then what happens is that, uh, I had a, a friend of mine the other day that, that goes to our church that came up to me and said, Hey, Tony, you need to know that now he's probably 75 years old, Okay, but he, he was a prayer champion for a young lady when she was in, in high school, then through college. And then she invited him to come to his, her wedding. Now this is, this, these are people that did not even know each other beforehand. But because, because God knitted their hearts together, it, it's transformative.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be right back.
2: As a leader in the church, Easter doesn't sneak up on you, does it? Truthfully, you have been preparing for Easter since right after the new year. And you've continued to see your efforts ramp up as the weeks fly by, because we all know that Sunday is coming. You might already be anticipating Easter, but are the families in your church anticipating it too? Beyond the eggs, basket grass, and new church outfits, your church has an opportunity to anticipate the resurrection of Jesus together. While this season often holds evangelism and outreach Let's not forget to create discipleship moments for the followers of Christ already in our midst. And let's not fail to anticipate and remember the great work that's been done on their behalf through Jesus. So how can you resource your church to walk through Holy Week together? A Journey Through Holy Week is an eight-day family discipleship guide designed to give families a simple way to read, talk about, and interact with the truth of Scripture together during each day of Holy Week. The biblical content for each day centers on the importance of what Jesus did and said during the events of Holy Week, from His triumphant entry to His death and resurrection. Each day of the guide also provides a fun, engaging family activity and an opportunity to pray together. Included in this resource, you'll also find tools to share the resource with your entire church bodies. And for any family that really love what they see and they want to take their at home discipleship conversations beyond Holy Week, you can encourage them to check out Talk About, the at home discipleship resource from Moana. By simply using the code Holy Week, they will gain access to a 60 day free trial. This code has unlimited uses and can be shared with as many families as you would like we are the people of god anticipating the greatest act of humility and sacrifice the world has ever seen let's create a sacred place for the families in our church to prepare for the start of something amazing
1: just the other day this happened to me out a 10th grader who i began praying for him as a sixth grader. He was one of my students, uh, the student that I was praying for. Um, and he would do exactly what most sixth graders would do. I mean, he comes up and he's, he would find me every week. I know he'd find me because I didn't ever see him beforehand <laughs> before we got connected as my, me being a prayer champion of his, but he would come up and he would bump into me and wouldn't give mm-hmm. me eye contact. And, and then he would, he would bump me and and then flitter away.
0: Yeah. A lot he'd of grunting. Yeah.
1: Yes. Do I was that sixth week. grade boy, boy. I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I resemble that. So he, he ends up, he's a 10th grader. Now. Um, we, we, I'd give him. I'd give him some, i give him, I'd spend a lot of money on some Cheez-Its. Now that, that that's a, that's a, that's a, that's supposed to be a joke. I mean, cheeses aren't expensive, but he likes cheddar jack cheeses. I like pepper jack. We battle the the cheeses there, sure. and so every birthday I get him some cheeses. Probably get a, I get him a, a pizza coupon, and but I went to his house. I knocked on his door. I given him his birthday gift, and the kid leans in and gives me a hug. He's here's the guy that would was a typical sixth grader, but now the other day he actually. He's on the other side of the sanctuary. He During meet and greet, he leaves where he was, came over to where I was, leans in, gives me a hug, asks me how we're doing. But that's all because we've been able to connect, and he knows that I am totally on his team. Yeah. I want him to succeed, succeed in faith and in life. So when he gets ready to do something, whether it's go on a mission trip with the youth ministry, well, guess who's going to support it. Right, 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 right. And anybody else that was a prayer champion that he's willing to ask. I mean, it's, it, it transforms the, again, transforming the experience of this young person and my experience with the church, that when I'm walking through the church, it's not just that these, I know these adults are for me, but, but Andrew's for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he showed it on Sunday when he walked all the way from the other side of the church to come say something to me and give me a hug. Yep. But uh, that's what I want adults from all of all ages to experience because there's young people of all ages that need to experience it too. Just one more uh, example of that. I was in a, a meeting not uh, just a couple weeks ago and somebody was talking about Well, who's the beneficiaries of the pray for me campaign? And, and, you know, people say, well, pr- kids are, and then all of a sudden this adult, he's probably 65 years old, raises his hand. He says, well, you know, I know my student is a beneficiary and I'm supposed to say that's he's the beneficiary, but I tell you, I'm the beneficiary because God's doing something in me while I'm praying, but also as I engage with this young person. Yeah. And, and I think it takes the, in God's grace and goodness, he's using prayer to, to transform an adult's life, but also use that as a catalyst for tr- transforming a young person's life. Cause we talk about the, just the relational component there, but there's this, all this supernatural stuff, <laughs> That God is doing in the life of a young person that we don't see now, and mm-hmm. in, a, in a world that's instant gratification, that we're sowing into a young person's life that that God, in His goodness, is going to execute these prayers in times when we when we're sleeping. He's working on behalf of these young people because we prayed for them, yeah, and and that's what he's called us to do. So it, it to me it's pretty phenomenal how God's using that this simple thing. To do some really, really incredible thing in the lives of adults and young people yeah,
0: well Andy it's phenomenal. it's not happening in enough churches. and I want to be really clear here you know you' what you're describing here, yes, this is a this is a tool for discipleship and it's a tool that I think is really amazing that I really hope people check out. but we are talking about a tool that leverages the power of God. In the same way that when we talk about Awana and the things that we provide in terms of curriculum, we are talking about tools that we can give you, Disciple Maker, to leverage the power of the Holy Spirit and what God is ultimately up to. And, Amen. you know, ultimately, <laughs> whether it's my own insecurities about my own prayer life, but I was about, I was jumping out of my seat hearing you recount the story of the adult as the beneficiary of the prayer life. Because that's what I hear when you describe that. I hear about how in the beginning, that structure of here's, here's this child who needs the prayer and, and the recognition that when we co- go to our father like that, he is going to take those types of prayers and do a great work on our life because he promises that in his word. And I, it's, just, it's very encouraging to know that your type of ministry is out there. Now, I wanna be really clear with people though, that this is something that I wanna make sure we cover some of the practical details because i think you and i got into some of the vision and why this is important and i want to make sure we leave people with okay here's how we do this so right i'm a church who's listening and i'm like all right i already have the parent in mind or the parents ideally in mind who could make this type of thing happen or i actually have the capacity to make this kind of thing happen i go to your website i'm going through like what happens next how do i live this out over the course of a year within my community
1: Again, we know that it, we have to make it as simple and as seamless as possible. And so, um, what I'm going to do two, two things. One, you would go to our website. There's a quick start kit there that you would get that that's going to have videos and everything that you would need to know to be able to to launch the pray for me campaign. Um, but in in essence, what you're going to do is this: is that that you are going to say I'm the I'm the the person that's going to lead this in our church, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up, I'm going to figure out how many young people we have in our church, um, whether it's it's youth ministry, whether it's children's ministry, we're going to figure that out. Um, and then then we're going to figure out if what if we had three adults for every uh, middle school and high school student in our in our ministry, you know, how many, how many would that be? If, say, let's make up some numbers. Let's make it easy, because because I need to do easy Math. Yeah. So let's let's say I we promise have, my listeners that there's yeah. very
0: minimal math on this podcast.
1: <laughs> so there's let's say we have 10 10 students in our ministry, 10 10 middle school and high school students. So that means we need 30 adults that'd be willing to pray for those student, those 10 middle and high school students. Um, but then we have uh we have another 10 families. Because because mm-hmm. you're not going to ask a, a second grader to go ask three adults from three different generations to be their prayer champions. You do it as a family, fifth grade and below. You do it as a family. Mm-hmm. So as a family, and whether you have five kids, fifth grade and below, or one f- child, fifth grade and below, you're going to get three adults from different generations to pray for those your family, your, your the children in your family as as a children's ministry. So we do it. We have 10 families in the children's ministry and we have 10 youth in the middle and high school. So we need 60 adults total. So I get up in front of the church and I say, hey, we're launching the Pray For Me campaign. And what that means is we want to make sure every young person in our church has adults from three different generations who would be willing to pray for them this year. Um, if you're willing to be a prayer champion for a young person, sign up in your bulletin, sign up online, however our ch- your church signs up. right? Uh, but you're basically creating a pool of adults that are willing to pray for young people. And then most churches are doing it this way. Um, then they take those adults and they assign them, they connect them with the students and they connect them with the families. Mm-hmm. And then, but they have a launch event, Okay. And at that launch event, it's, 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 that's, that's for the purpose of meeting the, the adults who are praying for the students and the families. And so a lot of times they do it around a meal or breakfast or whatever. And, um, so that, so there's other, re- the other reasons that get there and, and food always makes things better. Uh, then, and they'll get to know each other. And so then that's where the adults will get their prayer guides that they are going to use to pray for the, the students or the prayer guides to pray for their, their children, the children that they're praying for. Um, and then from that, the, what also happened is that those adults that are praying for the students and adults praying for children, they'll get their picture taken with them. And then, but one of those adults will pray for those, that young person that day right there. Um, and, that piece alone is is something that is profound because all of a sudden it's a, one of the, maybe one of the first times in many of these young people's lives that somebody outside of their parents is praying for them specifically early on when we were first starting this i had a lady at a church we were doing this at it came up to me she goes you need to know this Tony my daughter just came up to me with tears in her eyes and said mom they prayed for me and she jokingly said, oh, "Of course they did, honey. So pray for me, campaign." And but then what we realized was that this family was a rock solid family too. They were they pray for their kids. They pray around their kids. They, they, there's it's not like it, they're aloof and and they're distant, but but prayer is a, com, a a real part of their lives. But for her to have these adults that she didn't know until that moment that they were willing to pray for Hannah. And they were asking God's favor over Hannah's life and that God would bless her and encourage her and strengthen her. Um, That got away with her. And it was was one of those spiritual stake in the grounds for her to say, for her to go to her mom and say, mom, with tears in her eyes, that they prayed for me. And, And we take again, we take it as adults, we take those things for granted. It's a simple thing, but it's a powerful stake in the ground spiritual thing that we're doing when we pray with a child or for a child and or a young person. And and so so what happens is you get a picture taken with them. You you pray with them and then the adults begin um, praying, using the prayer guide to pray for them through the year. Yeah. But then it's pretty organic from there, you know. You're you see the young person you're praying for during the, the on Sundays, you know, when you're at church and stuff. And then and then you, you're if you're a young person, a lot of times what happens you're you're like Andrew who comes and finds me every week and does his bumping in and and flittering off. And then um or but but I'm also as a prayer champion, I'm also looking for the people I'm praying for too, right? Because because I'm invested. Um, And you've got people that now they would have never signed up to be a part of youth ministry or children's ministry or anything, but they're looking for the young person that they're praying for. And, and you're seeing a lot of times you're seeing young people sitting with their prayer champions Mm -hmm. um, on a Sunday. morning. That's beautiful. Um, Which it's again, it's, it's, it's what I think God intends for us to be more like in, in the, in the church and, and all the research points to that, that this meaningful intergenerational relationships is at the core of what we're, if that's not happening, we're not going to be able to get at the other things that we really want to happen, that they're going to walk with Jesus. They're going to have a good worldview. They're going to you know be culturally discerning. They're going to, they're, they're not going to be these other things uh, because it starts with go. It flows through relationship. The, right. the, the the old, uh, what is it? The old adage, "Truth flows through relationships." Well, well th- th- those kind of cliche terms and and um, are true because truth does flow through relationships, and and sure. it's, it's it's one of those things that I listen to the people that I have relationship with, and but too often in our culture, you got people, especially because of social media, you got pe- people that you don't know from, from Adam who are trying to say stuff to you and influence you or a young person, us, all of us, we're all being influenced. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're trying to trans make the church a place that it's safe influence at a built in relationship rooted in prayer that God's all saturated in.
0: I would again, highly encourage folks to check out the website, check out the kit, you know, there's a lot of really good prescriptive ideas that Tony just provided there, but I think what will become very clear to those of you who check this ministry out for yourself is the mission, like the conversations we have each and every week, is far more important than the method. I firmly believe that this Pray For Me campaign is something that would work really well for your church. But one of the things that i'm most excited about with talking to people like you tony and talking to people each and every week on this podcast is that i'm talking to people who firmly believe in what they're doing but are far more passionate about the mission than any particular method and thank you as you know where i want to end things just real quick i have one more question for you and thank you you've been really generous with your time you are someone who you know i don't know a ton about your story but just one of the things that i love asking people is we talk about loving and caring adults and I'm curious, what were the names of folks, even just the names of folks who prayed for you? Who were those in your life who came alongside you? Because I think we miss the opportunity too often as adults to thank those um, who are there for us. And the fact is, many loving, caring adults are listening right now who may feel like they haven't been thanked in a long time.
1: And I, I, I concur 100% with what you're saying. The, too often, um, we, we forget. We're not mentioning those people that made made the difference. But um, I made a point um, in, in the first book that I wrote. There's four prayer guides. One, adults praying for students, adults praying for children, adults, students praying for themselves and their peers and grandparent edition. Um, but in the first one, adults praying for students, I actually list the people. Um, Owen and Barbara Lupton, who he led me to faith. Um, uh, Jean and... Bob Ackus uh who basically adopted me when I was a, a freshman in college um uh and then um Lewis and Delina Baker who were the the people that theologically just helped kind of shore me up um they were my wife's pastor and pastor's wife all her life um you know it, it's easy I I'm already tearing up because those those people I, I am where I am in a, in large degree because of God's goodness by giving me people in this formative place. Um and so you know I didn't know it a lot of years ago when I came to faith in that small rural church where Owen Lupton invited me to church and I went to church not because I wanted to meet Jesus because I but I wanted to spend more time with him. <laughs> and cuz i liked owen i thought he was great um but in the process god just reached in and grabbed my heart and it was later that i realized that that people kept coming up to me after i you know came to faith they started coming up to me and they they, they found out and they would say we've been praying for you and that didn't that didn't dawn on me until now here i am the very thing that we're trying to do for other young people is what god did just in in His goodness for me back in here. The reality is that when people pray, God does stuff in people's lives, and 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 I know that those are just three couples that God used formatively. Formatively, say that five times fast. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the um in my life, and uh, but there's plenty more that have prayed for me. Yeah. My wife is is probably the, the the major prayer champion for me. Who's prayed and and cared for me better than anybody else.
0: You know, I came to the faith as an adult, so I love asking the question to anybody who, as a young person, simply because this is an audio medium, but watching your face light up, describing those folks is one of the my favorite parts of this job because you see how it allows me to think about those of you who are listening and how 20, 30, 50 60 years from now the kids who are in your ministry right now will be talking about you and that is such a privilege that god has given me a front row seat to and i know that that all of us believe that it's such a privilege that god allows us to participate in but i also want to make sure we leave space to acknowledge it so tony Sauter, thank you for being on the podcast Thank you guys for listening and for watching Marlon Washington. Thank you for producing this thing and for providing the theme music and everybody. uh, We will talk to you next week.
3: Before we go any further, I need to talk to y'all about bright. Those of you who know Awana know that we develop curriculum, but before the team made bright, they asked leaders in child discipleship what the most important thing was to them in a curriculum. 67% of respondents said that a curriculum that is biblically based is the most important factor in choosing resources. I'm not that good at math, but that's two thirds of people agreeing on something. This biblical foundation is what our kids need and with a bright subscription, you get a year of child discipleship curriculum that includes lessons that teach the gospel each week while following a chronological scope and sequence that starts with creation, teaches the fall, reveals redemption, and looks forward and upward to restoration. And with Bright, it's easier because everything you need is in one spot. Each Bible lesson is brimming with options for use in both large and small group child discipleship. You'll find high-energy, teacher-led activities and media for large group and age-appropriate scripture. You won't find yourself just teaching Bible stories. You'll be teaching the story of the Bible and scriptures that kids will commit to memory and take to heart. Subscribe to Bright this month with code DISCIPLE and get 25% off a full year of curriculum. Learn more at brightcurriculum.com.
0: The Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith, young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by Marlon Washington and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.